There ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down When I hear that trumpet sound I'm gonna rise right out of the ground Ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, look way down the river And what do you think I see? I see a band of angels And they're coming after me Ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, look down yonder, Gabriel Put your feet on the land and sea But Gabriel, don't you blow your trumpet Till you hear from me There ain't no grave can hold my body down Ain't no grave can hold my body down Meet me, Jesus, meet me Meet me in the middle of the air And if these wings don't fail me I will meet you anywhere Ain't no grave can hold my body down There ain't no grave can hold my body down Well, meet me, mother and father Meet me down the river road And mama, you know that I'll be there when I check in, my Lord. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to just share in your presence, Father. All these wonderful listeners, Father, I pray right now you would bless them with a peace that surpasses understanding father the world is not in turmoil in your eyes father you orchestrate a righteous man and woman's step father a righteous child steps nothing happens even a sparrow falling apart from you knowing you know all things and you provide us comfort when we realize that that nothing can touch us that we are in your love father And no matter how things turn out, we will always have you, Father. Even if our lives are lost, we have you as gain. We enter into your presence and to see the miraculous world as you had intended, Father. To see your glorious face. What a sweet 
joyful gift that is to know that we would be in your presence. Father, I thank you that we right now can touch eternity. We don't have to wait till we die at something, but we automatically touch eternity because Holy Spirit indwells us. He is powerful and beautiful and he loves us so he guides us father i pray right now that you would bless each listener with the ability to hear him not only as we speak but in through the words that they read your words on the pages of the holy bible father that you would teach them new things that the only the holy spirit can teach father not another person but the holy spirit you are our teacher and we come to sit at your feet in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. Um, I want to I want everybody to know two things. As always, you are prayed for and you are loved deeply. Um, I want to say a special hello to um, all of the new listeners joining on a regular basis. Um, God is good. And there have been a lot of you recently joining the party. Um, we are officially, um, the India is our large, is our largest, um, section of audience. Yay, um, India. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's wild. It's, it's wild that that's, that that's a thing that there's more people listening to us internationally than in the yes. United States. Well, we, we are blessed. I just want to jump in that. We're blessed by every single person who listens from all across the United States and to other parts of the world, Father. We just thank you that your name is being glorified and honored, Father. It's yeah. not two men. We're unimpressive, and you know that far better than we do. And we just thank you for each of these wonderful listeners, Father, that they would be able to take parts of you with them out throughout their week and share it with others. So, guys... If you're being encouraged by a nugget that God has given you, share that nugget out. Just let them know that you learned something and you can point to scripture and see and show them. Just share it out. This is the time that we have for sharing. So um, we have been in the midst of a series of episodes that have been centered around topics that are particularly important to us and so this week um edgar is up <laughs> yes i'm gonna jump in and say this is a topic that you, a lot of people have heard about if you've been in the faith for longer than five years i would assume you would have heard about the end times you know we had a popular book series in the late 90s called the left behind series that was out there this is not going to be that. So what this will also not be, I'll go ahead. <laughs> I'm just curious if all the listeners heard the, the record scratch <laughs> that we've been doing this for over a year now. And you finally got me to talk about the end times. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. We'll see how Joe does at the end of this episode, but I've got a defibrillator, but it won't help to reach where he's at. That's over 500 <laughs> miles away. Um, what also this will not be is a date setting episode. We're not going to talk about dates. We will talk about seasons because we're expected to know the seasons and the times. What's interesting is that God had set forth in Genesis 1 14, um, 
a discussion about the seasons and the time. And there's a verse that I want to key off. It's just one verse and it's in the NLT. It reads as, then God said, let there be lights. Oh, excuse me. Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be signs to mark the seasons and days and years. Well, a lot of translations will be using two different words that if you go to the ESV uses a different um, different words and they're closer to what the Hebrew uses, but there's still something that's lost in it uh, in the English translation. I'll get to that. And I'm, Joe, I'm going to ask you a question, so be prepared. And it says, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So for signs and seasons is what I'm looking for. I decided to go into the blb.org site because there's a great way of getting your Hebrew words out, the meaning of them, so you can understand what the Hebrew writer was writing. Sometimes when they use an English translation, they'll bring a different, I'm going to say a level, you know, because the words can have multiple meanings, but they'll use one of the other meanings, which won't be exactly the same. So the word sign in the in the Bible is, um, I can't pronounce this, it's Alf, O-W-T-H, and it's got an apostrophe before the word. And it means a sign or signal. A lot of times when we read the translation like I did from the NLT, it'll be signs to mark the seasons, but it's really a sign, a season. So there's a thing that's going on that there's two distinctive things because one of the definitions for signs is remembrance. Okay. Or, you know, um, banner. So the other word that I'm looking for is season. So when I go and I look in the same blb.org site, Moed is given, and that's M-O-W apostrophe or backtick actually, E-D. And that means appointed place, appointed time, or meeting. So what we're seeing here is a meeting with God occurring, and it's on a daily basis or a seasonal basis. So what we have here, well, when we're going with seasons, but it also says for days and years, appointed meeting, a sacred season, a set feast, an appointed season. So when God created the lights, there was an indication that he was coming to meet, which is significant. In Acts 1-7, Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So Jesus is saying there is a time and a season of his coming. Um, I would have to read more context for that because um, there's more to that than what I'm sharing, but we're supposed to know the signs of his return, which he talked about in Matthew 24, which I'm hoping we do get to. Um, there's a lot of scripture that goes around it. But now, so that I've talked about signs and seasons, what I want to talk about is the end times. And are we in a season where it could take place? Um, I tend to think we are because of the, a lot of the things that have happened 
Um, and there are two places that I, I want to go visit. So reading from the NLT in verse three and four, it says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth, following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything remained the same since the end, excuse me, the world, since the world was first created. You may have heard people say, oh, you know, nothing's really changed. And some of them are not like in your face, uh, sarcastic about it, but some are. And, you know, no, everything has gone on the same, you know, um, nothing has really changed. There's nothing new under the sun, which is actually a quote from Ecclesiastes. So everything is the same, but we know that the, there is going to come a point where Christ returns. And there's a reason why it hasn't happened. And now, Joe, this is where you and I were talking before, and you had mentioned, and I agree with you, and it's part of the scriptures that I've read through on this, is that it talks about the Antichrist being here now, even in the biblical times of that writing, the spirit of the Antichrist was there. And some people think the word anti means against, but it also has a second meaning. It means instead of. So you can have an instead of Christ as opposed to against Christ. You could have what's considered a replacement, a replacement Christ. Do we see that throughout history? Do we see that today? We see a lot of people claim to be God. Um, and a lot of people with special connections to God. So we see that in today's world. Uh, end times concepts, let's say, you know, things like the end times, things like the Antichrist, things like, you know, well, really revelation as a whole. I've kind of self-admittedly neglected because I've just kind of, you know, if I'm doing the things that I should be doing, then I'm fine anyway, sort of, sort of mentality towards it. And, you know, yeah, it's easy to reach for all of the 2020 jokes, right? Of course, in the year 2020, you're doing this, you're doing a set of episodes about the end times. Sure, this is the time that you figure that you pick to, to finally talk about this stuff and all of that kind of stuff. But the reality is, is that we live in a time where the, the window is wide open and that falsehood is, is direct hardwired right into us. And that's something that we need to be aware of. Like you said, it's this is not about signing dates. This is not about December 31st, 2020. None, no nonsense. There's absolutely none of that to be had in this in this episode and during this time that we talk about this concept. But the reality is, is that there are a lot of people out there that have platforms now to be able to reach the masses, to be able to have their word spread to the masses, let alone the people who call themselves their disciples or their followers that, you know, other people will look at and say are doing a great many things there's 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 an underbed of falsehood there's sowing these lines of deceit there's i don't want to say that joe perfectly said something i personally think i am sharing because it is 2020 and it's gone the way it has because it leads me to a particular scripture reference that i think is one of my driving things and and just so you understand my heart is towards the urgency of sharing God's word. And a lot of times we, and I include me mostly, uh, but I make room for others, 
um, have a habit of, you know, holding back from sharing because of a situation. It's not the right setting. It's a work setting or whatever going on there. So this is my impetus for getting it out. The world has changed. The global government decided lockdowns were in order, masks were needed for this pandemic. We went from being, and I'm not sure this equates around the globe, but in America, we went from being free to do whatever to having restrictions placed on us. And now, North Carolina is going to be under a strict curfew. You cannot leave your house from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. for the remainder because there was uh, a a statement of a surge in coronavirus cases. Not all states are doing it, but some are. We're one of those. So it doesn't matter if you vote Democrat or Republican. Revelations is going to come. Revelations. You don't nullify revelations. It's going to happen regardless. It's a timing thing. And the part of the is how people's hearts are towards God. That's what is the key. Do they become hard? That means that there are things that are going to happen that will allow things to be put in place that will create an environment. Has it happened? No, I'm praying that it doesn't. I'm praying against this, but I'm like, uh, you know, here is something that scripture says is going to happen. Something that causes us to have to take a mark in order to keep surviving by getting food, buying food, making money. So our ability to earn income in revelations is hindered. Here is now something that's more prevalent. Before this was a far off thing, nothing was really uh, on there. Everybody was like, oh, one world government kind of thing coming down the pipeline and stuff like that. But now here we have an issue. Uh, that just brought it to within a year's time frame to probably be discussed. Um, it'll be interesting how that plays out. But the thing is not to allow fear to come over. I want to save that. I'm, this is going to get a little fringe. And I, and it talks about, and we talked about it in um, one of our episodes. There's an interesting verse that Jesus talks about in Luke 21, 26. A New Living Translation says, People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And the ESV says, People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of heavens of the heavens will be shaken. So bas- basically, this is like a global heart attack on a scale that has not been seen. So what would cause anyone, or I should say a large scale of people, a large number of people to instantly feel in such a way that their hearts give out? Now we've seen nuclear war. Well, we've seen nuclear bombs. We've seen them. We've seen the atomic bomb. We've seen earthquakes. We've seen natural desires, wildfire and everything. Nothing that man has made up to this point has ever caused a global fear factor where people are dropping dead because their hearts gave up. But we have a clue, something in the heavens for for, for a boating what is coming on the world 
or what is coming upon the earth. Now, that could be many numerous things. People might say it's an asteroid. People might say it's UFOs or something like that. But I tell you, if UFOs exist, it's fallen angels. Do not believe the hype that it's an interplanetary thing. I know that I'm probably getting some people upset with that, but I know that we face a principality who's much cleverer than most people. I would say all people. But because we have Jesus in us, we have God's DNA in us, we are the elect. And that gives us a certain amount of protection that cannot be overcome by the enemy. I agree wholeheartedly that right now is a season where the church needs to be active in its fight against fear. Yeah. And we live in a time when I say before, when I said before about um, this not being about dates and all of that kind of stuff, we have seen the countless come through and such and such on such and such a date is is going to happen. And, and this is the prophecy and all of that kind of stuff. That's what I mean. We live in times where if 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 we live in times that cause somebody like me to stop and be like, well, wait a minute then you know something's up you know what i mean and that's something that has been um that concept of being active against fear has been a thought process that god has really been continuously bringing up in me to be aware of and all of that um you know i myself have had to uh check myself against the benchmark and by the benchmark we're talking about the Bible, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as far as where I stand on things, where my thought process is on things, because it's super, it's very easy to go hard to one side, depending on what you read. And I mean that for Christians and non-Christians alike, it's so easy to get caught up in these little pockets of information, uh, cyclones that, you know, you, you can, you are turn into little echo chambers and all of that kind of stuff. But regardless, over top of all of it, the little pockets of subtopics are what they are. Um, whether they're whether they're um, political or disease based or whatever, is this overwhelming need to fight back against fear, right? So it doesn't really matter where you land on all of these little subtopics that we could sit here and fight about and cause and, and add to the dissension, but they're all rooted when you boil down the excess, when you boil down the water that is everything, all of the, the, the extra topics, it all boils down to a couple of very, very key things, right? Everybody's debating about what it is, what is the, be what is the best move going forward? Whatever that move is, again, political, disease-based, sociological, whatever, whatever. What is that next move? Well, I've heard so a startling, a startling amount of people, um, Christian and non-Christian, push forward thought processes that just reek of the stench of fear and are perpetuating that, like, be afraid of the other, the, the other group of people. Be afraid of this thing. Be afraid of this decision. It doesn't matter. I could. There's examples of it all over. Look hard. It's fine. You don't even look that hard. It's all over the place. It's rampant. Um, 
But but above all, through all of that, through all of that, is the necessity for the church to remember who's in control and what it is that we're called into, where we're called into, the position, the posture that we're called into above anything else. Opinions and everything else go into the secondary. It doesn't matter if that opinion is the kingdom of America. That doesn't mean if that, or that doesn't matter if your opinion is whether or not you think the last year, uh, year-ish of our lives have been uh, fabricated by the powers that be, whether or not you think that that certain aspects of it coming together and and two, four, six, eight, ten groups of people are better, good or bad. It's still centered around what's what's the thing that's going to keep people safe. What's the thing that's going to be that 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 that's the safest option or what is the right option? And I'm hearing a lot of uncertainty from the church. And that's what has my attention about this whole thing. And that's why it you know, yes, there is some poetic humor in it for me as the person who does the editing for the show that you know on december the end of december 2020 um you know during christmas season we're looking at christmas through the lens of through the lens of revelation and like just the ironic humor it uh, is is not lost on me you know what i mean but but the reality is is when you look at it just you can't help but look and see all kinds of manner of nonsense going around. There have been so, such a quick succession of division points that have cropped up that you have to stop and take notice. Um, Romans 16 verses 17 and 18 say, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those that cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. And that's one of many that can be used to describe it. And I'm sure everybody, as I'm talking, you know, maybe thought of somebody who they particularly think fit, quote unquote, fits the bill. You know what I mean? In today's culture, maybe a celebrity, maybe a, 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 preach, a preacher, whatever. I want to I want to be very clear. I'm not calling anybody out. There's no like person that's active right now in the world that I've got in mind, personally speaking. But one thing that I wanted to um, really comment on as we unpack these concepts of end times and everything is that concept of fear. You know, you read the book of Revelation and it's enough to scare anybody. And especially if you're the type of person who's reading it face value, straightforward, sky's going to fall, world's going to come to an end, everything's going to literally come crashing down out of the sky. You know, that's a terrifying prospect. Unless you are one of the saved, unless you are part of the family, unless you are part of the fold. And, and church, we live in a time where you're going to be told on a lot of different levels, don't go do that. 
don't go spread the word. It's not the right word. Don't go spread the word. It's not safe. Don't go spread the word. Um, you know, it's where there's no need for it. Whatever the don't go spread the word reason is church. We're in a time where we're being told not to do the very thing that seriously we've been beating this drum and now let's just beat it to the dance of a different tune. Let's just beat it to the dance to the dance of end times. We're still saying the exact same thing. They're playing our song. You know what I mean? Like the stage is set. If ever there's a time where the church needs to stand up and be active, we're hello. You know what I mean? And it's not about exalting ourselves. It's about exalting God. We're, we're living in a time where the global government is making restrictions. Absolutely. And we see that in matches with what Revelations points to. And I'm going to read Revelations 5 through 8, but I'm actually just using one clause to point to it. The people are going to lose freedoms that they've had. It's just going to happen. It's, it's Revelation says it's going to happen. And we have to understand that so that we can work around that. God has shown us this is going to happen. Revelations 5.8 talks about the beast. And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his indwelling. That is, those who dwell in heaven. And it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. So we see that clause and authority was given it over every tribe, people, language, and nation. This is saying that there's gonna be a strict control. And I don't know if you caught this. Let me see, read the line. Um, and all who dwell on the earth will worship it. That means it's not going to be Hindu religion. It's not going to be Muslim. It's not going to be Catholic. It's not going to be anything else. It's going to be a new thing. And we saw something similar to this occur with statue um, in Daniel's story, where they had to worship the statue or they would be thrown into the furnace. So what we see happening is that restrictions are going to come. They just are. People have always said, you know, why doesn't God do something? Why doesn't he let it be so bad? And let me go to 2 Peter 1, 3, because I meant to read this and I don't think I did. Verse 9 of chapter 3 says, 2 Peter 3 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. So he's keeping the door open. Now, what people have to understand is, as in the days of Noah, so it will be at the end times. And I'm just going to use this analogy. Jesus is the ark. He is keeping it from raining because he wants people to enter the ark who is Jesus. Through the door of salvation, we have the ability to become 
Christians and be saved unto God. This is important, and we'll probably get to it on another episode. But God is being slow for a purpose. Not that he's weak or worse yet, incompetent, but because he desires to show mercy. Yeah, I want to read. I wanted to read uh, Matthew uh, twenty-four uh, verses eleven and eleven to thirteen, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Yes. It sounds like you have something to say about it. it. I, I actually, I thought he picked up my verse already. That scoundrel. <laughs> but I'll read Mark 13, 22. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. That tells me that in the end times, when we see that there are going to be quite a bit of, I'm going to say people, who are going to do miraculous things, and it's going to, I don't want to say enchant, but it's going to get people saying, oh, you know what, this is the real thing. This is what God is. This is the stuff that is miraculous. This is this is God on earth. These false Christs and these false prophets who do their religion, who help unite people behind the um, the beast and the Antichrist. Mark, it says in there, be on guard, but be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. So Jesus is warning us in the book of Mark to expect people to do miraculous things, to expect them. And now false prophets, I would say, has a religious leaning. False Christ has a religious leaning. So these are things that are taking the place of God. And then they're going to fool people. Can the elect be fooled? If you are intimate with the Lord, if you know who he is, these counterfeits will not fool you. So don't let yourself be second guessing because you haven't paid attention to scripture. Now is the time to be urgent about digesting what the Bible has to say. That's a very good point because we live in a time where it is of the utmost importance to have truth as the absolute bedrock of your existence we live in a time where dissemination of information is at the ready right we have computers in our pockets we have access to whatever it is for the most part that we want to know and whatever people are willing to tell us and that's something that has to be taken at utmost consideration the motivation and the person that is telling you the information that they're telling you just because you have easy access to particular information does not mean that that particular information is truth right we talk about fake news all the time we talk about uh non trustworthy news sources but you have these people that are coming to to continue to sow the lines 
of deceit and sow the lines of chaos and confusion and all of that. And one thing that, if I'm being honest for a second, church, let's talk about this for a second. Part of why my heart has warmed up to, to, to discussing this concept is I have felt um, at first it looked way different at the beginning of the year. But as the year has gone on, and again, please avoid all, uh, try to try to separate what I'm saying from all of the 2020 jokes, okay? Um, there's this thing that's happened in my brain where I kind of feel like I'm one of the only ones looking around that sees things for kind of how they are. Um, and I think very, I think there's a lot of people that are being deceived right now by a lot of very powerful speakers and a lot of charismatic people and a lot of influential, influential people. I think that we live in a time that, that literally breeds that concept. Follow a celebrity, follow a sports star, follow a political figure, follow a religious figure, follow this preacher, follow this podcaster. Do you know what I mean? And, and we, we get into these habits of then accepting their word as law because you agree with them. And so you're, you're le more likely to take their word at a higher value. Now, here's the thing about that. None of that. Even the preacher, even the Christian podcaster, not us. Nobody else is the Bible other than the Bible. I know redundant statement is redundant, but we live in a time where there's a lot of people that would that would say things that are um, contrary to to that statement that I just made. Okay, and that's the thing. So, church, if you find yourself in a position where you're looking around and you're like, um, mm, something's just not right. Something doesn't add up and everybody other than the Bible is wrong. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, there, there are, there are tons of very valuable things to stand behind on this world. Please don't think I'm saying that there's not, there's tons of very, um, valuable, valuable, noble causes that, yeah, on a human level, absolutely. You know, all of that kind of stuff, but none of it's the Bible. And we live in a time where everybody's at each other's throats. Tribalism is rampant, right? You say the wrong thing and you're canceled. You're done. We live in a time where that, where that, that kind of approach, that kind of concept, that kind of thought process is just how the accepted form is. And so we're living in a time that's perpetuating a continuous disconnection of the saints. And I mean that in so many, so many layers. So if you're just hearing that and thinking that I'm talking about something about group sizes or disease or anything, um, then you've missed the boat. And I uh, urge you to go back about two minutes and try and pick back up on the ride. Um, but but what needs to what needs to be a thing is the church needs to stop fighting with itself for 30 seconds and come together and understand that we live in a time where not only is the world at each other's throats, but the church is also at each other's throats for a lot of different reasons. And regardless of whether or not you vote a certain way, dress a certain way, you've got a certain color of your skin, you've got a certain way that you talk, you're from a certain area, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't, what I'm talking about is not about the United States. This is not about political anything. This is about the fact that as a church, we are stronger together. And so if you found yourself in, in this position like me, where you're looking out around you like, man, something's not adding up, then what you need to do is you need to ask, you, ask God, talk to me, show me, show me, give me wisdom. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. If something's not adding up, then take it to the scriptures. Because as stands right now, and this is why I come finally ready in my heart, finally open to having this conversation, because I come to the table saying, I'm not, I'm not going out on a limb to say anything other than the fact that, man, there is something afoot. Something's not right. And I, for my 31 years on this earth, I've never felt this before. Um, I did want to go back to the one world government because it um, there's one thing that I did want to talk about. Something that's in the news lately, and it might be missing um, a lot of the press. Uh, Justin Trudeau, and there's this effort in a lot of countries uh, um, to do a movement, and I think they call it the Great Reset. Uh, that's the term that I've heard it called. And this is a quote from Justin Trudeau, who's the Prime Minister of Canada. As we enter a unique window of opportunity, and he's talking about the COVID pandemic, an opportunity to shape the recovery, this initiative will offer insights to help inform all those determining the future state of global relations the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of business models, and the management of a global commons. So this is talking about revamping a whole structure. And a lot of times when something seems good and there's good intentions around it, man is corrupt. Man will take advantage of it. Uh, this could be, and I'm not saying it is, but this is something to watch and see how it grows. But this could be something that will hinder freedoms later on. Um, we have to pray everything that the Lord gives us. Pray on it. Yeah. You're not going to do the wrong thing by praying on it. Um, put it under the Lord. Say, Lord, if this is your will, Bless it. If it's not, stop it. It could be simple, just like that. I would suggest doing it more than once, obviously, because this is a very a pivotal time that we live in. And, and it affects a lot of people and can affect for years to come. So when you come across things in the news that catch your attention, whether good or bad, because not everything has to be bad, pray about it. Bless it if it's from God and um, tell God, well, not tell God, Ask God to stop it in its tracks if it's bad. You're not going to do any harm by that. And as a matter of fact, this is what we're to do because we are stewards. You know, even of the information we receive, um, Jesus is real. And he's coming back. And as Joe spoke about, we're talking about the second coming about the time that his first coming is celebrated. 
when he comes back a second time, it's not going to be like the first time. There's going to be a setting in order of things, whether that's next year or whether it's 20 years from now or whatever time frame God has chosen. There are things that God has put on an appointed time. And now we go back to where we were at the beginning. We talked about signs and seasons that we learned that in, I believe it's Exodus, the appointed times, the rehearsals, the convocations known as the Jewish feasts have meaning and significance. They're to be celebrated every year. What we have is we have a four spring feast, three fall feast schedule or seasons or signs. They're a meeting time. As we described in what the BLB had pointed out, their special meeting. There are things that happened. And as the Old Testament progressed in its history up to the time of Christ, we see that Jesus was tied to the spring feast. He was the Passover lamb. Then, you know, he was the unleavened bread described the leaven is symbolic of sin throughout the Bible. Jesus was without sin and therefore blameless and spotless. The perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jesus' body remained in the grave during the, day, during the beginning days of this feast. He, like a planted seed, would resurrect into new life. And then Jesus was resurrected on the day of first fruits, becoming the first to defeat death after new life. So what happens after that? We see the Feast of Weeks, the final spring one. Uh, and it's also termed the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Here is the day of Pentecost, which means, uh, I believe, 50 week, uh, 49 days, five weeks. No, 49 days plus one is what it's coming to. So here we have the Holy Spirit being poured out as Jesus sent him. So we see that. So now we have Jesus in the spring feast. So now we know that there are three fall feasts, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now the Feast of uh, Trumpets, or known as Rosh Hashanah, is connected with trumpet blasts. And uh, you know how on New Year's we celebrate with in, in my day, I don't know if they do it now. We used to have these little metallic horns we would toot as kids. I don't know if they do that now. <laughs> no. You should see Joe's expression. What's that? <laughs> but we used to do it. It was so much fun. We wait till midnight. Anyway, so there's a trumpet blast that's accorded that. Well, many connect the rapture to that because they see that. Um, there's other scriptures that Paul states, and he talks about the trumpets blasting. Uh, trumpets will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. This also happens to be the feast, the, the only one that takes place with the new moon. And therefore, it becomes when two witnesses testify that they've seen the first sliver of the moon to the Sanhedrin. 
So this is where we get the, uh, an association with no man knows the day or the hour. We don't know which one it's going to be, but we know a season. So are we in a season where this is going to happen? Well, we see things starting to take place on the earth. After the Feast of Trumpets would be the Day of Atonement. So this is will be when the Jewish remnant from Revelation looks upon the one who was pierced and repents of their sin. Jesus, I don't know how to phrase this right, but it is almost like the final act where the love, the love, I want to say the love Lord Israel comes into her Messiah's presence, acknowledging the sacrifice of who he was at his first coming. Zechariah speaks to this in Romans as well. And then we have the Feast of Tabernacles, which foreshadows when Jesus will once again dwell with his people. It will be heaven on earth, and we will have time with him. Now, there's a lot involved to this. There's a thousand-year millennial reign. But the, the idea that I want to bring out is there's a season that's going to close very soon. And it's as God determines soon. And with that, there are going to be key events that happen. Just as Jesus fulfilled the spring feast, he's going to fulfill the fall feast. And it's going to happen. The mistake would be to say, oh, it's going to happen this time. So I can be naughty all the way up until I'm ready. Which the loophole is you could die in your own problems. Now, Jesus talked often is that he doesn't. And I think we, we spoke about it. Not knowing encourages people to be obedient um, so we have an opportunity here to while we can see how the season is turning out to serve God fully in the conviction that he is coming soon that he is coming in a in a way that is going to be final and that he's asking us to partner with the Holy Spirit and to get his message out to others. There are a lot of things, and unfortunately, Joe spoke about it, and it's evident, I've seen it. People are fearful, even those who should have full hope in the Messiah. I'm talking about Christians. Uh, they worry about what's going on. Nothing created can come against you. No weapon yes. forged against you shall prosper. Amen. And nothing means in the Greek, nothing, as one guy says. You do not have to think of, oh, this or that doesn't fall under that. I would remind you that if you died and you are a believer, you get to go into the presence of the Lord. Okay. Be a believer. Do not and do not let yourself die without Jesus. I want you to understand and I'm going to actually one of us will lead a prayer of salvation. And we're not saying come into my heart. We want God to come into your whole being. You know, head to toe, not just closed off to the heart. But to your head to toe, to be master, savior, lover of you, the one who is in intimate relationship with you, it would be a mistake to put it off. 
If you're hearing my voice, it's an invitation directly from God. Now, you have total free will. God will not bypass your will. But I say this, and, and I, I, this is probably one of the last things I'll say, is that the days are so bad, or going to be so bad. Uh, and I'm going to read from Matthew 24. For there will be a great tribulation, such as has not been seen from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. If those days had not been cut short, no human being would be say, saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. This is God intervening at this point. Enough. It is done. And those who the people who say, why doesn't God do anything? He's promising you. He's coming to do something. And when he does it, it's done. Yeah. So. Again, we live in we live in in times that are enough to make you stop and to make you ponder and to make you wonder. And again, fear is this thing that has become um so rampant and these aspects of um signs and things and, and specific events again we live in times and, and we're gonna we are going to unpack some of this stuff as the episodes go on but we live in a time where things are happening around us some of which edgar outlined where it has to make you stop and look but i want to stop or i want to end with a quote from a song it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine perfect love casts out fear just just that's just the truth and i understand that it is very easy to be afraid i really do i get that um we we live in we live in time in an age in a place that just breeds that because from that fear comes conflict, from that fear comes distrust, when from that fear comes division and all of the other things. Yes. And so we live in a time where we need to be very, very aware of, of where we're at as a church. And I mean the whole church. I don't just mean America. I mean every single one of you listening from all over the world. Yes. And again, if you're hearing this and you don't know the Lord, take this invitation because now is the time it's the it is the single greatest decision you will ever make in your entire life and don't do it because we're telling you to do it just accept the invitation it really has to be between you and the lord yeah jesus came the first time and he was a prince of peace we're getting ready to enter the christmas season don't let it be any different he's still the prince of peace Father God, I pray now that you would forgive me, a sinner. Father, I've done many things wrong, some of which I don't really think is wrong, but when I think about how holy you are, I know that I've done things. I've done things that I'm really not proud of, and I don't even want to think about it. You say that you die for me on the cross and that your blood will cleanse me. I ask for that now. Cleanse me from head to toe. Take away my sins, that you would see me as blameless. I like that. 
I pray right now that you would give me a new being life purpose. Show me about you, Father. I give you all of me, not just my heart, but my mind, body, strength, soul. Take all of me and make something that I didn't think was possible. Let my hands touch eternity. Father, show me how to be with you every day and grow. Father, show me things in your word. Father God, I pray that you would forgive me all my sins and that I would be your child forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't have a Bible, the internet has many resources that are available. You can get started there if you don't have access to a physical Bible. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.